It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. A very good morning. I'm Patricia Messenger, and you're very welcome to Friday's edition of the program. Hits and memories. 103 FM County Sound. This is Court Today. Court Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Court's greatest hits. C103. Good afternoon and welcome to County Sound. My name is Patricia Messenger and I'll be with you here on County Sound each weekday from 10 in the morning to 2pm with a magazine type programme. This programme will include interviews, chat and the opportunity for you, the listener, to phone in and give your opinions and comments on issues that affect and interest you. Now, if you have a particular subject that you feel should be dealt with on the programme, then want to get in contact with me, Patricia Messenger at the County Sound Studios, Bandon, County Cork. And now to my counterpart in the afternoon, is John Green. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Patricia. May I welcome you all to County Sound on this very historic day. Well, my programme goes out between 2 and 6 in the afternoon, Monday to Friday, with music to suit all tastes, phone-ins, competitions, TV guide, traffic information, and lots and lots of very interesting people for you to meet. I'll also be presenting the Memory Show on Sunday between 10am and 2, but more about that later. Back to you, Patricia. And, and as they say, that's how it all began 30 years ago today. My partner in crime back in the day was, as you heard, John Green, who I'm delighted to say is still working with us. And he joins me this morning from our Bandon studios. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. And, you know, you know me, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very modest person, but I got up this morning and I looked in the mirror and I said, you know, John, you've aged beautifully since 1990. <laughs> <laughs> and I have. And you, you know, you're not too bad yourself. Either. <laughs> I just find it so funny listening to my voice and how my voice has changed. It almost sounded like I had a put on accent or something. It was bizarre. Yeah. In fact, both of us, it's, uh, we sound as if somebody has stepped on our toes or something. <laughs> you know, got this kind of little high pitched, excited voice. And I suppose it was down to um, a little bit of nervousness as well, because um, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but in my case, I hadn't um, broadcasted 
since um, what 1988. So it was two years since I uh, did a radio program, and I suppose there was a certain amount of nervousness in there as well. But it was, as you said, there. It was an iconic and a very special moment uh, for West Cork at the time, but the county as a whole too. Yeah, and I, you're right. I do remember being nervous. I do remember having butterflies in in my stomach and all of that. And I think we had an awareness as well that we were launching a brand new radio station. It was a little bit more than just starting a new job or just starting a new programme. This was a brand new station. Yeah, you're right there. And, um, you know, I had stepped from being in a pirate station, which closed, as all pirate stations did have to do in 1988, the last day of 1988. So you were going from one uh, era to another era. You were going from a fun era to what was now a serious era and you were dealing with a lot of competition as well. So the fooling had to be uh, put aside. <laughs> and, uh, we won't say that it wasn't put aside at all, but uh, it had to be in a certain sense because it was serious now and you had to conduct yourself. But it was great fun in those early days and particularly in the early days, the studios, we were in porter cabins while we waited to move into proper studios. They were probably, when I look back, the two years that we broadcast from the Porter Cabins were probably the most exciting time I ever had in radio. But some of the funniest things happened. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I mean, I was just saying there about going from uh, a fun era to a serious era. I think the, uh, the first year and a half, two years, the vast majority of which was spent on that uh, port cabin on the hill as we awaited permanent uh, dwellings downtown. I think that uh, year and a half or two years was very, very funny. The camaraderie, uh, the fun, the crack, the blackguarding that went on behind the scenes. But we still put out good programmes too, if you remember. Yeah, we did. We did. And we had some wonderful colleagues, some sadly no longer with us. Yeah, that's true. Um, I suppose the first person that would spring to mind would be uh, Con McCarthy, a great old friend of of, uh, all of ours. And uh, there are a number of others as well. So, yes, we did lose quite a number of um, of good friends and colleagues along the way as well. And that's the one thing I think about radio. When you work with people, we become almost like a radio family and it's more than just work colleagues. We all really become friends. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's the same in all industry, but certainly in radio, we, we become friends, which I think is, is something lovely ab- about our industry. And the local communities, uh, John, they very much have been at the heart of this radio station and, and all local radio stations. Yeah, Asher, Patricia, as I've always said, I said it last Sunday, there's no sense in you and I or Nick or um, Simon or anybody like that being here without the listeners. It's it's a useless exercise. So it's a two way thing. Uh, We're here. We produce the programmes. We hope that the programmes we produce are of top quality. And obviously they are, judging by uh, the listenership. But it's a very loyal, committed Um, devoted listenership that we are very lucky and privileged to have. Otherwise, we would be wasting our time, I suppose, really. And the programme that you're now most commonly associated with at the moment, Where the Road Takes Me, that's a programme that has really taken you out and about and all over the city and county. It has, and it's it's a programme that I always wanted to do. And I remember when our 
chief executive came down uh, to meet me and spoke about um, uh, a different program. And I just said to him at the time, you know, maybe that mightn't work. I think we've done enough on that. So, I mean, he could have told me to get lost, but he didn't. He said, OK, tell me what you have in mind. And this is what I came up with, where the road takes me. And he said, OK, go for it. Do you believe you can do that for six months? And I said I can do it for 12 months, hoping that I could. And, you know, I was lucky that he gave me the opportunity to go ahead and do this. The only thing about it when I started was um, I knew what I wanted to do, but technically I was a little bit limited. So Colin McGrath, who was here a few on years breakfast, ago. On breakfast, yeah. On breakfast before Simon, Colm came down, he sat beside me and he gave me a very basic hour and a half of how to edit a programme. Now, when I go back and look at the editing of the early editions of Where the Road Take me, uh, Takes Me in 2012, I cringe. They're absolutely terrible. But I learned as I went along and I learned by mistakes. And I think it's it's working OK now. And I enjoy every single second of it. I enjoy the challenge of each programme. I enjoy each and every day here editing it, putting it together. And uh, it's it's really a privilege. And I'm delighted that I got the opportunity to do so. OK, stay there, uh, John. That's John Green at our Bandon Studios, because as I started to present this programme 30 years ago, the Taoiseach of the day was Fianna Fáil's Charles J. Hawhey. Now, 30 years on, the sitting Taoiseach is also with the Fianna Fáil party, but this time it's one of our own from Cork. Good morning to Taoiseach Micheál Martin, uh, who joins us. And thank you for joining us, um, uh, Taoiseach. You're very welcome. You're more than welcome indeed. I'm delighted to, to be on to congratulate you. It's hard to believe 30 years, uh, it went extremely fast. It's incredible. Uh, and, and we have a great tradition of listening to radio in this country. Was it something you grew up with? And what is it about radio that we seem so fascinated by it? We do have an incredible relationship with the radio. Uh, I certainly grew up with it. Uh, my late father would have grown up with it. And I, I suppose sport was our... Sport and news <laughs> are kind of uh, when we only had RT1 um, and, and, and when we grew up as children and Michaela Hare would have been the sort of iconic voice of radio for us particularly at the weekends or on a Sunday uh, Michaela Mara Hertig as well uh, and then Jimmy McGee on the, on the, on the soccer front uh, with, with Philip McGreen so, so Philip Green so those were the kind of voices and I think the, what the magic of radio is you're, you're as you're listening you're imagining the scene you're imagining the moments that the commentator is endeavouring to, to capture or indeed the news reader or the uh, the person the reporter uh, and it's that sort of I think interaction between the brain and the mind and the, and the imagination and try, and also listening to a good uh, commentator or a good reporter or someone who can convey the experience it, it's just a, it, it's a very special type of relationship it's painting uh, it's painting a picture isn't it it's painting it's, a picture it's a good way and, of and, lo- it. and local radio um, it plays such a very important role in communities and I think that really has come to the surface hasn't it during the pandemic absolutely I think local radio has been a powerful a powerful voice during the pandemic um, in providing information to people uh, in terms of the restrictions or in terms of the precautions initially that we were being advised to take in terms of social distancing, in facilitating the voices of experts, of doctors, um, and basically of mobilizing a collective effort uh, to keep on top of the virus and to keep the incidence of the virus 
down and the incidence of cases down and that's right up to the present day and you know we've very good news again uh, this week t- t- yesterday and, and today where the numbers are coming down and the R rate is coming down and 14 day incidents 7 day incidents is coming down and that's because of the people's effort because also local radio is playing a role in that because it's consistently articulating the messages to the people at local level and it's also watching out for the, the challenges locally the particular issues locally in a given county uh, and that's very important as well Now you celebrated 30 years as a TD last year Has had, but has this been your most challenging year since you were first elected? Uh, without doubt it has um, and I think that that's because of the pandemic it changed everything it upended our normal lives even after the election the process of forming a government um, was overshadowed by, by, by COVID-19 uh, even the, the format of the meetings the number of people that could attend the meetings the duration of the meetings all of that was um, uh, upended to some degree uh, by the, the virus uh, and then the government itself once it's formed to be to be frank I mean we've done a lot of things but COVID is there all of the time and it rears its head from week to week in different ways it, it, and uh, that, that continues and it basically is the the essential team uh, of, uh, and, and the management of it has been the essential team and, and, and has, you know, has been the catalyst for all of the actions that we, we have been taking, uh, taking on a number of fronts in health. Uh, you take education, getting the schools back open. It's all about how we reopen the schools in, in, in the midst of a global pandemic. We've managed to do that thanks to all of the school teams, from principals to teachers to SNAs, school secretaries, and right across the board, caretakers. All of them have worked to make this happen with parents and children. Uh, but again, it, it was in the context of COVID. So COVID has been the dominating issue of, of, of 2020. We will yeah. never forget it. Yeah, and, and as I, all our lives. I constantly say to listeners, you know, this time will pass and, you know, please God, we'll all come out of it better, stronger people and we'll be able to one day, as we're doing today, looking back, we'll be able to look back at, at this time. And of course, when we look back to 30 years ago, 30 years ago, 1990, Cork completed the double. Have your hopes for a repeat this year? Of course I have. <laughs> <laughs> Hope springs eternal, you know. In fact, it was a fabulous year, 1990. Um, I got married in 1990, so Mary, and... Um, Congratulations on your 30th. And I can remember my father um, uh, talking about the, the, the swing. He was comparing the 90s he, with Jack Charlton's success and the, the Irish team, and he was kind of comparing it to the swinging 20s and kind of how right he was at the time. That was the speech he gave at the wedding. He thought the 90s were going to be good. Uh, and of course, they, 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 they were a great decade in terms of, you know, Italian 90 kind of set the scene. Then Cork won the double, uh, which extraordinary performance. It was at both matches and followed the teams through the, the entire campaigns. Uh, it was a kind of a magic year. And of course, uh, C103 was established as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, and actually, and, uh, it stayed there because John Green, who I'd just been speaking with, who was my partner in crime at the time. John, are you still with us in Bandon? You are. I am indeed. Good morning, teacher. John, John you, you, your dad has a connection to the Taoiseach's dad. Uh, no, I have a connection to him. Oh, go on, tell us. Yeah. Uh, before I went in radio, I, I worked in the buses and I was stationed in Capital Garage. I was a driver in uh, Capital Garage. And the Taoiseach's father, Paddy Martin, uh, was there. He was affectionately known as the champ uh, because of his boxing career. And, you know, I'm not just saying this now because the teacher is on the line. I'm saying this because it's true. And I've said it to so many people. He was an absolutely lovely man. And he, along with uh, an inspector by the name of Joe Tracy, um, the lads in the garage 
drivers and conductors would do absolutely anything uh, for both of them. And I remember um, Paddy would often come along to me and say, John, uh, get a bus there, go downtown and and do a run in the number eight, take the pressure off the lads there. Uh, it's fairly busy at the moment. And for the crack, I'd say, I, I will in my eye, go and do it yourself. And he'd stand up and he'd put up the two fists as if, as if to box me. But you could do that with him. <laughs> you know, it was he was a lovely, lovely man and everybody loved him, along with Joe Tracy as well. There were two smashing men. That, does that sound like your dad, Thishuk? Well, thank you very much. It does, and I really appreciate what John has said there. It um, brings back very fond memories. He he was my hero uh, as I as I grew up as a young child, and um, I think that sums him up. Um, he he had a good sense of perspective on life, and he he loved CIE and he loved the camaraderie, and he loved the community there, and um, he he made some great friends um, out, out of um, bus, what's now bus and what was then CIE, and um, uh, it's very nice to John, very nice compliment to pay. And of course, I remember Joe Tracy, Joe's son Paddy is as. Uh, chairman of Nemo Rangers, uh, so it's a ton of cross you know. But and of course, Nemo Rangers has fam- <laughs> fam- featured on C103 quite often as well <clears throat> over the last thirty years. Yeah, and we uh, will be we will be re- West Cork and North Cork and w- so forth. And you know? we will be remembering <laughs> sports uh, later on as well on the program. And just very finally, Tisha, before we let you go, new president elect in the United States, and it is one of our own, uh, Joe Biden. You spoke with him this week. I did, and um, first of all, his warm affection for Ireland um, was, was quite extraordinary. He just loves the country. Um, and I think what was interesting was his commitment to climate change was straight out. He just said, look, we, we'll be rejoining the Paris Accords, uh, rejoining the World Health Organization. So you get a sense that America under Joe Biden will reach out again to the world, will engage with Europe and the wider world. And I think, you know, I think that, that, that will be good overall because Ireland is a small open economy, depends on uh, a more stable and, and open free trade sort of world order uh, and I would be very hopeful um, for, for Joe Biden's presidency and um, he's looking forward to coming to Ireland at some stage as well uh, and uh, it, it was a good discussion and I had met him first when he was vice president uh, back, I think, 2009, when he initiated uh, the Patrick's Day breakfast in the vice president's office. Uh, that was an initiative of his. He went to President Obama and said, listen, I'm the only Irish, genuine Irish guy here. <laughs> I want to do something. And he told me he was going to keep the breakfast as well as the the other activities on, on, on Patrick's Day. So it's good for Ireland right, good it is. to have um, a man who has a genuine affection for and doesn't hide it uh, for, for Ireland. And a man who doesn't divide people, which is terrific. Listen, Thishak, we really appreciate you, t- you taking time out to talk to us today. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Congratulations. Take thanks care. a million. Bye bye. bye. That is bye. the Taoiseach, uh, Micheál Martin. Uh, and just one final word uh, from uh, John Green. John, do you still love radio as much as you did when you first started? Funny enough, Patricia, that's a very good question. I actually like it more um, now than I did uh, you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago. Con- uh, by the way, just before I go, congratulations to you in 30 years. We'd be very jealous here in Cork because we feel that that should be a record for a Cork person. But here you came down from Tipperary and you you, you grabbed this uh, this this record by the scruff of the neck. Me, of course, I was sent off to boarding school in Radio Kerry to calm me down for a while, so I was missing for <laughs> a while. But uh, congratulations, anyway, on, your, you. on your, your 30 well, years. I'm and na- are you I'm enjoying it as much I- as I'm you? absolutely. I am now longer living in Cork than I lived in Tipperary so I'm now, I'm now officially a Cork woman unless there's a game of hurling to be played but other than that I'm a Cork woman through and through Listen, thanks a million okay. uh, John and thanks for joining us 
You're welcome, Patricia. Enjoy the day. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. 30 years, Patricia. This is Annalisa wishing you congratulations on such a wonderful career. I've been with you for the last 10 and it's certainly flown by. I look forward to our Monday chats for many years to come. Hi, Trish. Joe Heffernan here. Congratulations on 30 years in broadcasting. I find that your conversational style is very easy to listen to. And in my own experience with our slot every Tuesday, I think for 21 years, uh, you've always put me at ease. And uh, I've enjoyed working with you very much. So, again, congratulations and very well done. Hi, Patricia. Peter here calling you from a very wet and windswept garden today to wish you congratulations on 30 years of fantastic radio. I've been with you now for about 20 of them, believe it or not, which, of course, has made Wednesdays even more fantastic. We've helped with a lot of gardens in that time. We've helped with a lot of hedges, lawns, trees, and not to mention the amount of Christmas cacti we've we've helped to, to get to flower and how many mallow shows we, we've we've visited. Anyway, congratulations on this monumental uh, event, 30 years in the programme. Uh, I enjoyed working with you very much. Look forward to working with you for years to come. And I wish you all the very, very best for the next 30 years. C103. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger. Celebrating 30 years on C103. Hi Patricia, it's Jane the Vet here. Just a short message to wish you the very best and congratulations on 30 years on the air this year. It's a fantastic achievement. I always look forward to our chats every Thursday about our pet questions and look forward to many, many more. Congratulations. Hi Patricia, uh, Mark here. Um, Somebody asked me recently how long I've been doing the movie review for you on uh, Friday mornings and I think I said to somebody recently, what, about six, seven years? And then I had kind of had a thought about it and I realised that uh, the very first film I did for you and that I reviewed for you was Iron Man, which was released in 2008. That's how long I've been doing <laughs> the movie review for you. But of course, I've known you for much longer than that. Um, you and I have worked together for, what, 20 years now, even more so. And um, the one thing about Patricia I want people to know is that every single day she comes in, she's like this big, big ball of energy. And I, I can't remember a time when you've ever come in in a bad mood because you never are. Basically, what, um, what you hear on air is, is the person that you meet off air, uh, a woman who cares about people and also seems to care about their opinions. And that is the person that we know and that we work with every day. So I want to say congratulations on your 30 years and um, here's to another 30. C103. Jeez, lads, you're killing me. I, I was unaware. I knew that there was some messages that had been recorded, but I was unaware of who, I don't know who any of them are until I hear them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be a ball by the end, a ball of tears, I think, by the end of this programme. OK, but let's move on because the voice of news over the past 30 years at C103 has very much been associated with Barry O'Malley, who joins me to remember some of the stories that have made headlines uh, during that time. Good morning to you, Barry. Morning, Fisher. Um, you're very welcome. The, let's start with the economy. The economy of the region really has changed, hasn't it, over the 30 years? 
Well, it has, I suppose we saw in the early 90s, maybe the demise then of the smaller industry. But, you know, the bigger industry was growing the pharmaceutical and the healthcare, which we all don't know. And we associate so much with Cork. But look at the success that Apple has had. What, 4,000 employees in Cork alone spread over so many campuses. So you can see from the demise, I suppose, of the smaller industry and the traditional industry. And one story that I remember being involved with in the 90s, and it was heartbreak for people, was the closure of the Irish Steel in Hall Bowling. You'll remember it well. And the, you know, the, the heartbreak for people there that were losing jobs after 30, 40 and 50 years of service. You can even remember the bishop of the time, Bishop John McGee, leading marches down in Cove. That'll tell you the type of, you know, tradition that was changing then in the economy from one type of job to another. But we've gone on, you know, so much success over the years, industry-wise, and the jobs that we've landed in Cork. And look at what we have now. It's absolutely, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's incredible. And then transport and infrastructure, that has seen a lot of change in like 30 years is in many ways is a short uh, space of time yeah. but in other ways the difference in transport mm-hmm. just looking at the airport alone and I know it's in, in difficulty it's even in the news there this morning now as we come up to Christmas but you know it was pushing 2.2 million passengers on target for that this year to increase on last year and look at it now unfortunately that's just the scenario that we're in at the minute we get out of it again I know but that's where we were with, with the airport alone. I, I suppose the sad thing for me reporting over the years has been the demise of ferry services. We don't have a, a ferry coming in by the summer service, uh, the Cork Roscoff with Brittany Ferries, but we lost, you know, the BNI initially and then we lost the Swansea Cork Ferries. We've had no link with England there. So I suppose the demise there has been a, a huge disappointment. But in terms of, of roads and transport, look at what we've got and look what we're going to get into the future. The roads network around Cork now, although I know our listeners in the county will point to the rural roads. Uh, we experience them every day. We know what they're like. But there will be improvements there, I'm sure. And work in progress now, like the bypass around McCroom and the M20 that's planned Cork and Mallow. What that'll do for Mallow, Butterfield, Charlevin and all the way up the line there. So I think there's better days ahead even there. And then from uh, infrastructure to environment, there's been a lot of changes there. There has. Can you remember the landfill on the Kinsale Road and, and the Carrigrohan Strait Road? Yeah, you know, we used to dump, we used to dump our household waste on open top ground. Now every town and village has a recycling unit. The bring sites, waste recycling, dare I say it, there are incinerators planned for Cork as well. Whether that ever happens or not, I don't know, but it's been one of those big contentious stories over the years. But things have changed so much there in the environment. Uh, Weather-related events, I suppose, linked with that, our annual occurrence, uh, floods, catastrophic consequences. We've seen them all, uh, even this year. Bandon, Clannacilty, Bantry, Malofermoy and Middleton back in the day. Um, but, you know, things have changed and improvements have been made with, you know, flood barriers and that in Mallow and Formoy in particular. And that's been introduced now in Bandon. Uh, Clannacilty and Bantry are making progress as well. So maybe things well, like that, yeah, you know, been, flood stories that were a huge thing. Yeah, they've been the real success stories, the flood work that's been completed. But I sometimes think there's never been a year in the 30 years that I've been doing this programme or that you've been involved in news that we haven't reported on flooding. Yes, and, and I think we're going to see it. It's going to continue. I mean, this week alone, weather-related matters. Weather wasn't great, and, and there was the possibility that we could be looking at floods again. It didn't happen, thankfully. Um, but until all that work is carried out, and we know the OPW are, are doing the work in the background. I mean, there's a big issue in the city at the moment, as you know, with the Save the Lee and, you know, the, the work that's being done to improve the public realm in the city centre with that to reduce 
the possibility of flooding. So there's a bit to go yet, but I think we're moving in the right we're direction. On the, we're on the right road. And big acts gracing the stages of Cork. I know we didn't have any yeah. this year, but there's been some very memorable concerts. There has in Parky Cueve. Look at the venue that we have there now, not alone for sport, but indeed for the entertainment as well. And I just, you know, listed a, a couple of uh, the ones that I remember over the 30 years. Back to 1990 itself, you had Prince. Uh, 1996, the Gallagher Brothers Oasis, um, Springsteen in 2013, you'll remember Ed Sheeran only a couple of years ago yeah. in May 2018, and Rod Stewart came after that. So the big names, you know, they've been passing through, and I'm sure they will again. Great venue like that, Parky yeah, Creek, for the entertainment. They will be back. And crime, we've had, you've had to report on some, some horrific <laughs> crime over the year. Unfortunately, it's 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 always with us, and um, we've had some some shocking crime, uh, you know, in Cork, um, sad deaths, and I'm always conscious when reporting these of the families that are grieving behind it as well, and it's it's a difficult time for for everybody involved, and you know you want to keep your distance, but still the story has to be reported. Media gets criticised and roundly criticised sometimes, and oftentimes, I suppose, in a correct way, but. Uh, the story is there, and sadly, you know, we've we, we've had particular instances in in Cork, and um, really, really sad. The one that still sticks out with me, Trish, goes back to 1996 Christmas and the murder of Sophie Toscano Plantier in West Cork. And I'll never stop thinking of that and reporting on it. And every time that the story comes up again, there's an element of what I can remember from that particular time. But we're pushing up to Christmas again. Uh, 2020 and, and, and still that, that murder remains unresolved. And little could any of us have known almost 25 years ago that we would still be reporting on and still talking about that uh, particular yeah. case. Yeah. And then sports, that's probably the You know, Tricia, today, I, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's just something um, with me that there's a day always, every year, and the sports story becomes the new story of the day, and it's always been that way. And you referenced it earlier on when you had the Taoiseach on about 1990, and I happened to start in that year, and, you know, we landed a double. I I landed on my feet, particularly anyway, in terms of reporting, Um, and I used to do a lot of sport at that time as well, and the the cork hurling and football double, uh, that time was just phenomenal to, to, to... get going with and, and to get to get underway and I'd, I'd just like to as well congratulate all the clubs all over the county who've had their All-Ireland glory days that just hasn't been the inter-county teams you know the, the clubs all over uh, County Cork hurling football ladies football camogie um, they've all had their day and their glory somewhere uh, yeah. on All-Ireland Day and it's been fabulous. And then, I suppose, you know, you've had the, the rugby, the Munster success in the Heineken Cups and in soccer, Cork City FC have had their successes, League and Cup. But I suppose if I was, you know, to single out anything in, in, in reporting sport, uh, just a couple there, Sonia O'Sullivan is the one really that stands out for me because I can remember going to Cove on many an occasion when she'd be running Europeans, Worlds or Olympics and we'd be reporting on it and getting the the local atmosphere down there. They, they, they were tremendous days. European and world champion Sonia and an Olympic silver medalist. And then more recently, I suppose, uh, the lads from Skibbereen, Gary and Paul O'Donovan, gold Europeans, silver Olympians, gold at world championships. I mean, so much there for us to report on. Yeah. And, and it's been a, it's been a, it's been a dream, really. Pull like a dog. We'll never forget that. Yeah, that was it. Sure. Yeah. Right, and, like well, and con- never to be forgotten. And congratulations to you too, because of course you're celebrating 
celebrating uh, 30 years as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've well, 30 done this year 30, too, yeah. yeah. So Where's it gone? It's flown, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Thanks, listen, thank you for that, Barry. And actually, stay tuned because there's messages coming up and I think you're included in this batch as well. Thank you to Barry O'Malley uh, for talking to us on news. Talk today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Congratulations, Barry and Trish. Fiona here. I've worked with you guys now for six out of your 30 years and I have to say they've just been great. Barry, you really keep a cool, calm head in the face of all the madness that goes on in the newsroom and I think as a team we've had some great memories over the last few years. And Trish, you always show such a genuine interest in the stories that you cover and you have such a unique empathy and compassion for people and I think that's what makes your show as good as it is. Uh, Guys, keep up the good work and enjoy the celebrations and hopefully we'll be able to celebrate in person in the not-so-distant future. Take care. Hey, guys, how's it going? Pierce here from the newsroom. I just want to take this opportunity to congratulate both Patricia and Barry on 30 years of service with the company. 60 years between you guys. That's some time to put down, but congratulations. And here's maybe to another 30. Enjoy. Enjoy the day and enjoy the celebrations. Hi, Barry. Hi, Trish. Vic here. Just wanted to say huge congratulations to both of you for reaching 30 years working in radio. It's unbelievable. I don't know where the time goes. And I look forward to working with you for many years to come. So huge congratulations. Enjoy the celebrations and I'll see you soon. Bye. C103. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger. Celebrating 30 years on C103. Hi, it's Marie here. Congratulations, Barry and Trish, on this wonderful milestone. It's an absolute pleasure working with you. I've learned so much from you both since joining the team. Um, you know, my favourite quote, it's teamwork makes the dream work. And it's an honour to be on the same team as you two. So keep being legends, enjoy the celebrations and congratulations once again. Hi, Patricia and Barry. Zita here from the newsroom. Just want to wish you both a massive congratulations on the huge achievement of reaching 30 years at 96FM and C103. May you both be sitting pretty behind the mic in another 30 years. Congratulations, guys. Hey, Katie here. A huge congratulations on 30 years. Cork would not be the same without hearing from you both every day. I can only hope that I have a career as successful and interesting as yours. You've both taught me so much and I can't wait to learn so much more. Enjoy the celebrations. You both deserve it. C103. Thank you, guys, for those messages. When I look back on 30 years of the programme and the radio station, some of my proudest moments have been helping out individuals and families who needed it at the time. This morning we catch up on two of those stories. Firstly, Joanne O'Reardon, uh, who we helped out with our day for Joanne back in 1997. Good morning to you, Joanne. Hi, how's it going? I, I, it's going well. Now, it was your first birthday, so you obviously have no memories <laughs> of our day for Joanne and the wonderful weeks leading up to it. It was such a magical time to be involved in radio and to be involved with your family. Do, do, do your family talk about it? Did you hear a lot about it when you were growing up? Yeah, I definitely heard like bits and pieces and I think on the flip side what I really enjoy more and it's probably the same with you in radio is that you kind of have people coming up to you every single day saying that they did fundraising for you for that day, like for the C103 day and all that kind of stuff. So I actually get it nearly every single day that I step outside, safely distant now. Um, But yeah, I know people telling me about all the fundraisers that they'd organised because 
they'd heard my story on your show. Um, so yeah, no, I think if it wasn't for you and um, your crew to launch it way back in the day, I don't think we would obviously be kind of where we are. But um, yeah, no, it was, it, I still, like people still talk to me about like, that they did like, you know, fake kidnappings or who wants yeah. to be millionaires or different things like that. So uh, yeah, I know it's good to hear. But, there was, uh, I'm, I'm, I have vague recollections of somebody pushing a bed from Kerry to Mallow. There was a yeah. group of people did, did, did that. And I would have first held you as a happy, smiley little baby in the studio. I remember your mum and dad bringing you in as this gorgeous little baby. And you know something? I, I knew that day I held you, having no limbs was never going to stop you. Where does that determined spirit that you have, where does that come from? Um, well, I think in general, like, you know, as myself and a friend of mine were saying recently, like, this isn't, you know, having no limits isn't a choice. This is like the card I've been dealt with. And I've had 24 years now to cope with it. So, yeah, no, like, I honestly don't know life any different. Um, and I think having, kind of having no limbs has given me a different perception. Uh, another steely determination maybe that I wouldn't have had kind of if I did have limbs. Like, you know, I'm able to kind of push myself on to do something, but I'm also able to ask, you know, I, I would like to think, you know, that when people tell me like they're little kind of, stories I'd like to think that I have the compassion and kind of smile at them and say geez that's desperate sad but also have the resolve to kind of turn back to them and say well you know what you can get through it too you know because I think everyone's in the same boat like we all have difficulties we all have different kind of obstacles that are kind of put ahead of us but we we all have a choice to kind of get to kind of get over it and kind of keep going with life and um, no fortunately I think with, with my family and my friends and those who I surround myself with they're not people anyways who, who let me wallow for a long time Well you're a remarkable young woman and, and we're all very proud uh, to know you long may you continue thank you for that uh, Joanne and uh, thanks for joining us No thank you very much and happy birthday Thank you very much <laughs> and in 2016 our listeners were gripped by the story of Tristan Cahalan from Dunmanway and his family's battle to get cannabis oil legalised for his extremely rare for of, uh, form of epilepsy His mother Yvonne joins me this morning Morning. Good morning to you, Yvonne. Good morning, Patricia. Thank you very much. You and Tristan you were forced to move to Colorado uh, for uh, almost a year. And, and you know, we kept in contact with you and you were always at the end of a phone line uh, for us. When you look back on that, that year, um, ha- was that really tough for you when you look back on it now? Sure. I, I think at the time I don't, I, I didn't realise that it was. It wasn't until... Yeah, maybe when we came home and reflecting on it, going, God, did that really happen? Yeah, yeah, it, it was tough. Yeah, it was. Because you, isolation, yeah. and I think as much as we're in isolation now, it might reflect on people. You're alone, and you're there, you know, essentially in an apartment only for appointments with with two kids on your own, knowing nobody for for a whole year. Yeah. But the difference that taking that year out, bringing. Tristan to Colorado getting the treatment that you knew he needed. Tell me about the difference it has made to Tristan today. Quite honestly, like when we came back, um, our doctors told us what they didn't, uh, what they had prepared and what they didn't tell us was that they had a palliative care plan in place for him. Any treatment that was needed, it was okayed before it was needed to go to, let's say, consultants to be okayed. It was pre pre arranged. They hadn't expected him to be alive at this point where he's exceeding. Um, you know, the simple things of eating, you know, where we were struggling and two hours trying to get him to eat his food, that wasn't happening. No life for him. You know, it was constant seizures. It was padding the, the house. Uh, you know, kitchen was, was bare because we got rid of kitchen tables and chairs and everything for because of all these drop attacks. And 
Um, now it's the case of, you know, God, get get down off the chair and get out off the table. You know, it's like a normal child climbing and wanting things <laughs> to get into the fridge and whatever. Um, it, it's completely changed his life. Um, he's doing incredibly well. And the pandemic, how is that affecting your life? Um, I think uh, we're 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 staying at home. We're homeschooling, and um, Tristan is on the high risk. So you know, Oscar went back for a little while, and it just got so crazy. It wasn't worth the risk um, for for Oscar, but to bring it bring it home as well. And he's loving it because he's getting online classes as well and different courses and stuff like that. But um, it, it does mean that he misses school. So Tristan hasn't been in school since March. And he the school, both of them have been fantastic. We collect his work for two weeks and, you know, all his teachers prepare notes or they do Zoom, Zoom meetings with him and he gets to, to say hello to everybody. But, uh, you know, it, it might be an eye-opener for people um, to reflect on, on carers and families that have somebody with a disability that it, it is nearly as isolating and you do need uh, more support and for people in isolation you know reflect on people that that maybe are doing that every day of the year anyway yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah absolutely listen but you know as I mentioned earlier with the Taoiseach this time will pass we just have to have to get through it listen you're in a, you're a remarkable uh, woman and John has been a remarkable uh, dad you're, you're, you're you really are a, a credit to each other and, and to your and families so are you Patricia oh, uh, without you like honestly without you we wouldn't have been able to reach the audience that we did to get to America in the first place and without you other patients and other kids wouldn't have been able to hear the story, to know that this was an option, to know where to go from here. And you are so much a part of that story for us getting to the end game and getting the medicine for Tristan. And, you know, as much as as we can look back and say, my God, we've done that. So did you. Thank you. you Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to have me in tears. Listen, (laughs) uh, have a great Christmas if I don't talk to you before Christmas, uh, Yvonne. And thanks a million for once again joining us on the programme. Good morning to you. Bye bye, Yvonne Cahalan. Cork today with Patricia Messenger celebrating 30 years on C103. Hiya Patsy, it's your old sparring partner Colin McGrath here and I'm delighted to pop on to say hello and to wish you congratulations on 30 years on air. Although, I don't know how somebody who's just reached the age of 36 could be 30 years on air, but maybe that's just your youthful looks. Genuinely want to wish you well. I really loved working with you at C103. I still love when you used to pop on every morning and call me a pup and bring me all the details of Cork today for that day. Um, And may have many more years of broadcasting there at the radio station. I know the people of Cork absolutely love you and sure why wouldn't they? So congratulations on the, the years on air. Congratulations on the rapport you have with the listeners. Congratulations on the awards and I'll see you soon. Mind yourself and all the best. Oh, and one more thing. Was I the only one you ever let away with calling you Patsy? (laughs) Congratulations. Hi Trish, Sarah McMahon here. Congratulations on reaching such an incredible milestone in Irish broadcasting. 30 years as the voice of Cork. You've created an amazing connection with your loyal audience and that's because they know you. You've shared your own personal experiences with them and with all of us over the years, as well as your emotions during various interviews. They appreciate that, we appreciate that, and that's what's made you unique. I've seen your dedication and your passion for people, news, politics, and reality television firsthand, and it was always such a pleasure working with you. All the best to you and the entire C103 team, a family I'm so proud to have been a part of. C103.
You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Patricia Messenger on Cork Today. Celebrating 30 years on air with C103. And can I just for a moment just pay, say thank you to huge number of people that are calling the radio station and are sending in texts and uh, WhatsApps. I'm doing my best to read them all and I'll, I'll try to do my best to mention some of them. But thank you. I really do appreciate them. A lovely text in from everybody at the ICRR Air Ambulance. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, from Bernie in West Cork. A lovely text in from Tim Coughlin, our own Tim Coughlin. who says, congratulations on 30 years on radio, Patricia. I think I'm about six months behind you. I remember doing programmes on Sunday nights in the early days on the hill with the late Father John O'Donovan oh, may he rest in peace what a great man Father John was when he used to present Fate Matters enjoy the celebrations thank you for that uh, Tim Margaret describes herself as a loyal listener thank you Margaret and here's a lovely one in from Anna Bat uh, to say where is it gone on me congratulations on reaching uh, 30 years and thank you for the way you've helped people along the way in particular my own granddaughter Anna Brown from Anna's Dream to Dance will be forever grateful you played a vital role in getting Anna to America all oh, listen the small small part that we played and Anna and Anna's Dream to Dance that was one of those gorgeous gorgeous issues that we were able to back and uh, support and we were happy absolutely happy and proud to be able to do it congratulations to somebody else you've done more for older people this year than you'll ever know oh I, well, we hope we've helped in some way and just a final one to say many congratulations Patricia I moved to Ireland in 1996 and I found C103 and I've been an avid listener ever since I can't express adequately just how your programme has impacted and changed my life you've seen me through some tough times the loss of my husband later getting out of an abusive relationship then the loss of my only child and more recently my fight with breast cancer Thank you, doesn't come close. Ah, goodness me. Yeah, I'm, I am very aware of what people go through. And that's how we kind of do it together, don't we? It's almost like we're, we're a little family uh, together. So thank you. That's just a sample of some of the texts that are coming in. Now, when I look back at various uh, things that happened during the last uh, 30 years, there was one event back in 1993, which was a week where we took the programme I think nearly the entire radio station at one stage lock, stock and barrel and we went to Bill Street to broadcast because in 1993 the 38th Eurovision Song Contest was held at the Green Glens Arena in Mill Street the location for the contest was unique in that Mill Street at the time had a population of just 1,500 people and it was the smallest host town ever chosen for the Eurovision Song Contest the owner of the Green Glens Noel C. Duggan wrote to RTE on the very night of the Irish victory the previous year, proposing the free use of the venue to host the contest. The venue, a large indoor well-equipped equestrian centre, was deemed more than suitable as a location by the host broadcaster RTE. Then with huge support from local and national authorities, plus several businesses in the region, the town's infrastructure was greatly enhanced in order to accommodate an event of this scale. It was also the largest outside broadcast ever attempted by the state broadcast and of course it was deemed a technical triumph for all. Who will forget the BBC news reader Nicholas Witchell caused controversy by remarking on, on air shortly before the contest that it would be held in a cowshed in Ireland. 
he subsequently apologised. The 1993 contest was also the last time juries would deliver their votes via telephone lines with satellite links introduced the following year. Neve Kavanagh represented Ireland at the Green Glens Arena in Mill Street. And what? It's Neve Kavanagh here and I want to wish everybody at C103 the very best and a happy anniversary for 30 years on air today. Patricia, 30 years on the morning show, that's some achievement. I had a lovely, lovely time with you in March, just before the madness of lockdown came into play. And um, we had such a wonderful conversation and revisited Mill Street for Eurovision, the whole thing. You know, it was just such a brilliant, brilliant thing. I mean, I know all our lives have changed quite a bit in the last while, but the one steadfast through it is that radio still comes to us every day. And I applaud you for bringing that every single day. So thank you so very much. And hopefully I'll get down soon to actually share a proper stories and give you all the scandal. I love you all and I hope to see you soon. What a lovely, lovely lady. That is Neve Kavanagh, who unfortunately wasn't able to join us today, but did send on that message. And actually Neve holds the honour at the moment of being our last live guest. She was with us in March just before we all officially went into a lockdown and we do look forward to having Neve back with us uh, again and Mill Street will always be very special what happened in Mill Street and well done to everybody who was in Mill Street who was involved in in the bringing of the Eurovision Song Contest to uh, a cow shed. It was hugely successful and thank you. Still lots of texts coming in. Thanks to R from uh, Mill Street. Phil, thank you for your kind message. Deirdre says, I just want to send my warmest wishes on her 30th. I did work experience at the station when I was 15. Patricia, you were so kind and helpful. I loved working alongside you. I never forgotten how patient and friendly you were. Here's to another uh, 30. Thank you for that, uh, Deirdre. Hi to Anne. Hi to Bertie and Kathleen. Tim and Barry Rowe is sending in a message, as is Margaret Hayes and Pat in the Glen and Eileen in Bandon and Yvonne and on and on the list goes. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate them. 18 53 Cork today with Patricia Messenger celebrating 30 years on C103. Hello Patricia, this is John Creedon calling from the far side of the wall here in RTE. I just want to send love over the wall to you and to wish you all the very best. I know you'll be the first person to say, oh, I'm at this game for more years than I care to remember. Well, we remember, and it's been 30 brilliant years, and I just want to say thanks, not only as the occasional contributor to your show, but as a listener to the programme. And I can tell you, in no uncertain terms, that your fame and popularity spreads well beyond the sea in Cork, well over the county bounds. I know people in Athe and Dua and up around North Kerry who are regular listeners to your show. Um, I know Anne, a woman who works as an accountant up in uh, in Newcastle West in County Limerick, a big fan as well. So um, just thank you for your work and... I was thinking about your attributes, and there are many. Uh, I know, of course, given the brief that you have on your show, you have to understand everything from farming to economics to politics to social issues. But I have to say, whenever I listen in, I find you always do it with great manners. And people talk about empathy, about broadcasters having empathy. You have more than empathy. You have an emotional intelligence that is rare in the business. And that, and of course, the tone of your voice. Everybody loves the tone of Patricia's voice. So I just want to send you best wishes and and lots of love and just keep on doing what you're doing. Here's to another 30 brilliant years. Bye. 
Z103. Talk today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Congratulations, Patricia, and C103. I can't sound before that. <laughs> the memories, the most specific, is how upset she got when the, she was speaking about Chernobyl and what she'd seen there. And she can be fairly uh, crass as well to some people on the radio. <laughs> I do. I love Patricia Messenger. I find her interesting and she has great topics and I just like her. Yes, I would. Congratulations, Patricia. Well done. She's a very pleasant voice and she'd engage you. She has interesting people on and that contributions are well, well worth hearing. And you get the idea from her that she's very much about her business and in touch with what's happening on the ground. But when I listen to her, I, I think it's very pleasant. One memory I have, and which is lasting really, it was not a memory, much as a conviction that um, she gives people time to talk. She doesn't put in her. If you are on her programme, you're on it, and you're going to say you're a bit of whatever. And she affirms people on what she has on. C103. Thank you. That's some of our listeners, our loyal listeners. Thank you. I appreciate those messages. Now, I can't look back on 30 years presenting this show without mentioning my truly special daughter, Marsha, who I adopted from Belarus in 2004. And many of you, the listeners, went on that journey with me. I would never have found my daughter if it wasn't for my next guest, Aidy Roach of the Chernobyl Children's International, who persuaded me to go to Belarus in 1999 to do some radio reports. Aidy joins me. Good morning to you, Aidy. Oh my God, Patricia Messenger, all the way from Clonmel, Clunmanna, Meadow of Honey, adopted Cork woman, great humanitarian and brilliant presenter and human being, generally wonderful person. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Can I both say, we're both from Clonmel, by the way. That's why Aidy is referencing uh, Clunmala. I have such vivid memories of that first uh, trip, Aidy, in, in 1999. The children in those orphanages get under your skin and they never leave your heart. Isn't that a fair description of it? That is true. And Patricia, if I could just say, if memory serves me correctly, going back to that time, as far as I know, you were the, the first, not one of the first, but the first uh, broadcaster to actually broadcast from inside uh, Belarus, because it was still at that stage, you know, I mean, it's very much even today, like still a dictatorship. And that time, the KGB kind of had a stranglehold on a lot of the country and you took the risk. I can still remember the time when we brought you into Novinki, which is where you saw the little girl who would become your daughter, Marsha, and how moved you were. And you had to go into a room, I remember, and close the door when you were doing your broadcast because you were shocked by kind of what you had witnessed, like the smell, the all-pervasiveness of death and despair, even from small children and babies and young adults. And But somehow you zoned in on the little girl turned to the wall in a kind of a semi-fecal position, um, almost skin and bone, really, that has almost, I suppose, given up on life. And somehow, like, you saw the story of Chernobyl really through that one image of Marsha on the chair. And, um, I mean, you showed such courage and bravery um, because, you know, many people are moved by the story. They're very, very moved by the images. But not everybody kind of, you know, decides to go on this life-changing journey, really, which not only impacted on your life and the life of your son, but also on Brendan, who is to become your husband. Like it impacted, this is a life commitment and there are 
very few people I could only count on one hand that would be prepared to take that kind of brave really and courageous step and you were one of the early people to test the adoption agreement which we had brokered you know not long actually before you went forward for Marcia's adoption and you know and thank God that you did I mean she's now a beautiful stunning 27 year old and and that's all thanks to yourself yeah, and, and, she'll, and she'll always obviously be our special little girl she'll always be a, a little girl in, in our in our eyes and she's but you know what's yeah. fantastic is she still has that Russian determination and that oh. Russian spirit <laughs> that I look at sometimes and think that's what kept you alive kid back in those yeah. days before we found before we found you but you are right yeah. about um, it, it was it was you and um, the families the Gabriel family and a Gabriel's Gabriel. family in Bandon yes. and your own wow. nephew um, would to get wow. that that route up, which sadly it's no longer it's closed at the moment. No. But they yeah. were that they, they were tough times to get that adoption route open. They were my God, Patricia. I mean, when I think about it, do you know what? I really now firmly believe that you're better off not having a life plan, and you're better off saying ignorance is bliss. Because if we had known then what we were to subsequently learn, we probably would never have set a foot outside the Cork. Because it has been extremely tough a time. I mean, the KGB are still in situ and very powerful, and they were very powerful then too. And we actually were real risk takers and brave beyond anything I think that we could even have recognised in a sense by even stepping into institutions such as the one where Marcia had been placed from birth. Um, and like we blew, blew the lid open on it and kind of, I suppose we've, we've continued it in the th- three decades um, since that time. But look, could I also say, um, Patricia, that, you know, apart from the work on Chernobyl, that you have always um, been, you know, when I was kind of looking back and well, how can somebody at the longest running radio show in Irish radio history and why is that? And I honestly believe, and I know your listeners agree from listening to the feedback that was coming in uh, to you there before I came on air. And it is like you're not there just because it's a good idea. You're there because you're really good at what you do. And one of the women there mentioned about your voice and also about kind of how you allow your interviewee to kind of roll with the story and like you identify with the stories that are coming on and like and and, and your your radio therefore is riveting for people because you're good at recognizing a good story and you tell a good story yourself <laughs> and it's also you know i suppose your own empathy and particularly i know that you you know you have spoken a lot to your listeners in helping them through the pandemic and you recognise sort of people's, you know, social isolation and people who are marginalised for different reasons. And I think really that's the success of your um, your radio and probably what would have helped in sort of, I mean, obviously it's about your character, the, the empathy and the abilities that you have, but I think also the fact that you came up to the old system of pirate radio, which was there to kind of break the cartel, if you like, and you successfully sort of learned from having to be, you know, what the one making the tea or doing the research or being able to do a bit of the engineering on the mixing board or whatever to doing the broadcasting and the researching. And therefore, you kind of have something that modern broadcasters don't have. 
Well, you, you, you are, you are beyond kind. You are beyond kind. And, and while I have you on, I will give you the opportunity. I don't have a lot of time, but I will give you the opportunity to talk to us a little bit, Adi, about how you've been affected by the pandemic in, in Belarus. I mean, obviously, oh fundraising God. for all charities yeah. just simply yeah. dried up. But whenever yeah. I talk about Belarus, I always talk about, you know, this is something that's not going to go away. Radiated yeah. soil, radiated yeah. land yeah. is not going to disappear. Yeah, oh, Patricia, thanks even for mentioning that because, to be honest, I found the first lockdown really, really hard and I I, I almost caved in because once it happened, it was like as if a switch went off. Like our income went down, our general income went down by about 95, 96%. And yet the services, the vital services in the mental asylums, in the hospice programs, you know, in the foster homes that we're running and all the various things we're doing, all of those things we had to try and keep it going. And following the lockdown we got within two weeks, there was a really serious radioactive fire in Chernobyl. So we had an impact of that, trying to get aid out to people. 800 children left homeless, standing in the clothes that they woke up in. Um, and then we had an outbreak of COVID-19 in a place similar to the institution that Marcia came from, a place called Vesnova. And like that's kind of a flagship programme. And they had a huge outbreak of COVID-19. And the place then was shut down and it was shut down for like the bus of the last six months, wow. which means that there's been an awful lot of regression in terms of all the education programs and working on deinstitutionalization, trying to get people out of institution and into community living. So it is a huge challenge, Patricia, but do you know something? We really need not despair because regardless of our own COVID here, regardless of the gargantuan tasks ahead of us to rebuild our country uh, economically and socially and everything, People are still really, really kind. And thanks be to God, thanks to that generosity, we're, we're still managing to keep going. It's difficult, but you know something, uh, Patricia, from the days when you were out there and you mentioned in the earlier part of the interview that it leaves, you know, it's embedded in your memory. It's an imprint on your heart, you know, and all of the broken hearts that we have seen over the years, we will not be found wanting. We will continue to throw that lifeline of hope, of possibility, saying to those people, like you said to Marcia, you are my daughter, you know, you are my neighbour, you are my friend, we are part of the same human family. You were one of the rare people that went that step further and made Marcia physically a member of your family, which is a phenomenal thing. And not everybody can do that. Uh, she brings us she, help us. she brings us as, as much joy as, as we bring to her. Adi, I could talk to you all day and you are a great talker. Uh, listen, thank you <laughs> like for yourself. that and uh, and thank you for for helping us on that journey of, of finding our daughter. As That's I say, cool. without you we'd never found her. Thanks to Adi. Oh, Stay safe you, and uh, look you. after yourself. God bless. That is Adi Roach of Chernobyl Children's International. Now, I have another record message. Here's somebody else who celebrated a 30-year milestone lately down under. G'day Patricia, Raymar here from Home and Away. Uh, congratulations on 30 years on Cork today. What an effort. 30 years in the one gig and believe me, I know exactly how that feels. I hope you're going to celebrate loud and clear. Have a great day and lots of love from everyone at Home and Away. <laughs> 
who managed to track down Alf Stewart? <laughs> uh, thank you, Alf. Thank you, uh, Raymar. 1850-333-103. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Hi, Patricia. Congratulations on your 30 years on the show. I always looked forward to our weekly Thursday chats, both on and off air. And I'd say... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There are very few small animal topics we didn't get to discuss. Patricia, thank you for the immeasurable kindness you showed me during my time on the show. You always put me at ease. I wish you continued success in your broadcasting career and the kindest of regards to your family, Isha. C103. Ah, it was Ida Walsh, our first vet. We had many, many happy slots uh, with Ida, and she's right. Some of the topics we covered, I remember people used to be texting and say, it's too near to lunchtime to be talking about that. And we can't look back on 30 years of C103 without featuring memorable sporting achievements and events. Our head of sports has been the backbone of our sports team, and Michael Scanlon joins me with some of his radio highlights. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Patricia. Michael. Congratulations thank, on the 30 years. Thank you very much. And when you look back to, to this time 30 years ago, it was a very different world from a technical point of view when you look at what you guys had to do to go out and cover a match, for example. Yeah, like Patricia people today would hardly believe there was the, the internet was only in its infancy. Mobile phones hardly existed. I remember... Um, being at uh, grounds, particularly Ballangary is one that springs to mind, where you'd go out at halftime and you'd go to the local 
uh, phone booth, put in your 20 cents or whatever it was that time, 20 pence probably that time, and ring the radio and tell them to ring you back. And you do your half-time report and your full-time report that way. <laughs> and like the, the world has so completely changed since that it's, it's unreal. And I, I remember actually back in the band, back in the banding days, in the very early days, when you would be covering a match and there would be young fellas, there was mainly young guys who would be over in America and they'd ring in advance to say, can you, can we book a line? Can we book one of your phone lines in? And we'd put them on hold and it used to cost them a fortune, a telephone call from America. And we'd put them on hold and they'd gather in Boston or in New York or wherever they were and they'd listen to their home team with you guys commentating. Yeah, like in a way you'd almost be sad when you were covering the event to to see the impact that immigration had on the country and that there were these guys, as you're saying, particularly in maybe the west coast of America, San Francisco, California, New York on the east coast, and then down under in Australia and Melbourne, Sydney, that they were so far away from home. And local radio, I suppose, was the only opportunity that they had to connect with their own parish because national radio was never going to cover uh, the local scene. And that, I suppose that's where really we made, we made hay while the sun was shining. And in total, how many live commentaries do you reckon you've done at this stage? I'd say, prob- I was t- trying to figure out last night, I'd say something in excess of 2,700. That's incredible. That's incredible. And some of the standout uh, moments, you want to go back to 1992 and the O'Donovan Rossa from Skibbereen winning the County Senior Football Championship. Yeah, I would always reckon, and I've often said it to the, to the Skib lads, that in a way, OK, we were known as County Sound at the time, C103 now. County Sound made O'Donovan Rossa and they made us because they went on an incredible journey that started with them winning the county in 1992. Then they went all over Munster at the end of 1992, winning the Munster Championship. And they had a really incredible game where they had to travel up to Balness Green in County Derry to take on Levy, the Derry champions. And they were a really, really top-class team at the time. I could write a book about that particular escapade because, just very briefly, and I know you're cut for time, like, I had to book a telephone line through BT in Belfast, and I, the only, I didn't know anything about the ground, so I had to get a, a guy, John Spillane, it was his name, from Bandon, who was a teacher in Balanus Green, to take photographs of the ground so I could actually, he had to send them down to me, develop them, send them down to me, so I could understand where I was to put the telephone line. I got on to BT in Belfast, and they said they never heard of uh, Balanus Green. So I got back on to John and said, they've never heard of Balanus Green. Oh, he said, Michael, I forgot to tell you, the unionists call it Draperstown. So I oh got goodness. back on to BT and said, I want the line in Draperstown in County Derry. They knew exactly what I wanted then. The match itself was crazy. There were two, um, two of the Levy guys had been sent off within 12 minutes, uh, 12 minutes of it starting. There, uh, the referee at one stage attempted, uh, or at least thought about calling the game off. He called the two captains together and said, if they didn't cop on, he was calling the game off. At half time, there were uh, cans and bottles being uh, flung into the tunnel where the Skibreen guys were coming off. We were sitting in the front row, myself and Paddy Palmer and a guy called Michael McGee from Highland Radio and Donegal. They were taking the commentary as well. And 
the people in the back of the stand were actually listening to Highland Radio so they could hear what we were saying. We were absolutely convinced that we were going to be decapitated. Crazy and times. That was the last time ever that there was a home and away uh, possibility for the All-Ireland Club. It was always it's neutral, neutral venues and, after that. And, and, and you can see why. And I know when you talk about Paddy Palmer, I remember reading a piece from Paddy Palmer where uh, you went to London to cover a match. We went to London in 1998 with uh, Castlehaven. They were playing Tyrconnell Gales. Now that was a bizarre, uh, a bizarre weekend as well. We went to London City Centre on the Saturday night into a, a function at the at the Tyrconnell Gales Clubhouse. We, let, I'll call him an African um, taxi driver who had very little English, didn't really know where we, where he was to take us. He got a puncture then on the way home. He couldn't fix the uh, puncture. We had to get out and fix it for him. And also on the way home on the Sunday evening, and by the way, Castlehaven won the match. Great. On the way home on, on Sunday evening, we were flying out from Stansted. Uh, Ryanair, that time, used literally book uh, anyone that wanted a ticket could apply for a ticket the fact that they hadn't enough space on the plane was a separate issue myself and Niall Collin and his brother were left behind in Stansted and we sat down in front of the checkout and said we were not moving until they literally found another flight for us home they rang Heathrow and rang Aer Lingus who I'd say at that stage were sick of Ryanair ringing them up with the same story (laughs) but eventually we persisted and we were flown to Dublin later on that night and we got back to Cork oh at one o'clock God. in the morning. And it was just because you were last, you were the last three. I was the last yeah. person I had the equipment with So me. ever and since now, whenever there's a Ryanair, you're first in the queue to make sure you get on and get a seat. Absolutely, absolutely. The Cork ladies uh, football, you've covered many yeah, fantastic they were events with them. incredible and I, it would be remiss of me if I didn't mention the success that they had winning 11 All-Ireland titles there. Uh, from 2005 up to 2016. Wonderful captain in Juliet Murphy of Dunamore. She captained them to uh, three in a row. Couldn't but mention Rena Buckley and, and Breach Corkery with 18 All-Ireland medals between her and between uh, ladies football and camogie. Some group of women and the most level-headed people you could ever come across. And Cork senior footballers uh, winning 20, uh, 2010 uh, Yeah, All-Ireland. that was uh, like we, I suppose, soldiering around with Cork footballers for years and years and winning, uh, winning nothing. And then uh, 2010 finally arrived in Crow Park and they beat down in the All-Ireland final. Wonderful captain in Graham Canty, a wonderful group of players. And we had some crack with the homecoming down to Bantry and uh, the thousands and thousands of people that uh, came to, to see them in Cork on the Monday night and then on, I think it was Tuesday night was Bantry. Some memories and, yeah. and a fantastic group of people. And hopefully we'll do it again. And I know you, over the years you would have done many famous uh, interviews. Any standout ones for you? Yeah, there's a few people. I, 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 Bernie O'Connor in Newton Chandram and they were another wonderful club that sort of rose from the ashes and went all the way to senior hurling coming from junior to senior over a, a number of years. A wonderful club up in North Cork and they got to the All-Ireland final, won an All-Ireland final. Bernie O'Connor was the, the father of Ben and Jerry, the two famous Cork players. He was 
he was an amazing man. He maybe had a fairly gruff exterior, but I, I got to know the man and I, I got to like the man and I had some wonderful interviews with him. I remember one time they beat uh, Troyne in the county final and, of course, uh, Dermot O'Sullivan, who was a Cork selector, was known as the uh, as the rock. Now, Bernie couldn't, uh, I suppose, couldn't let the moment pass without mentioning, and I think it was Pat Mulcahy had a starring role on the day for uh, for Newtown and Bernie said that uh, they had their own rock in uh, Pat Mulcahy and that other teams had only pebbles. Okay. And a, a final question and I asked the Taoiseach this uh, earlier on when we're thinking back to 1990, 1990 was the year of the All-Ireland, uh, the double for us here in Cork. Can we do it again this year? Well, you'd hope, like it's wonderful to see what the footballers did last Sunday against uh, against Kerry. And when you look at social media and the uh, the jokes that are going around about the Kerry people, <laughs> I saw one this morning of a man. I think he was down around Kenturk, uh, looking at a television and absolutely cracking up. And there's a small child in the room as well. So the child is sc- screaming with fear. I'd, I'd love. I think they'll 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 certainly uh, get as far as the All Ireland semi final. And who knows? Uh, I know they're playing Tipperary next weekend. They will go in as the favourites. They're, they're a very level-headed group. And speaking of Tipperary, we have Cork and Tipperary tomorrow in, in the Gaelic rounds at four. That's uh, live on, on uh, Cork Sports Saturday with Mark. Um, Has to get the plug we're, in for the We're sport, up against it against Tipperary. But like, who May knows? the best team win. We'll leave Absolutely. it at that. And listen, on behalf of, of everyone, because I, I know you yourself, you're no good at blowing your own trumpet. You are the backbone of the sports team and I know everybody involved in sports would say the same thing. So well done to you for everything you've done over the last well, uh, 30 Patricia, years. I would, I'm only as good as the people that are around me and I have a and there's been a wonderful, wonderful team. I'm not going to mention anyone involved in sports since 1990 and all I can do is thank them and thank you as well. Well done. Well done. Thanks for that, Michael. And uh, thanks for joining us. That is our uh, head of sport uh, Michael Scanlon. Now when I was asked to pick one musical act to feature on the programme today it really was a no-brainer. Tommy Fleming much loved singer has been a regular guest on this programme over the years and I'm delighted to say he joins me today. Good morning to you Tommy. Good morning Patricia how are you? I'm, I'm doing well and I have to say to, if, to you in particular I know if circumstances were different you would be sitting here opposite I me in be, studio. I, and, I would, and I would have loved to. And it's uh, something you've always and there's been times where we've said it's okay we'll do it over the phone with you and you'd say no I'm going to get I'm going to get in the jeep I'm going to drive down yeah well see the way I look at this is you know without the likes of the support from yourself and your and your contemporaries we wouldn't I wouldn't and my and my contemporaries wouldn't have the careers we have you know and at the end of the day it's, it's to me it's respect that that's I just think it's it's easy to pick up a phone and be like to like this morning, but I don't have a choice, unfortunately, with the way the pandemic is, and that's easy. And I just think it's a it's kind of it's out of it's a thank you from me and a bit of respect to say no, I'll come down and I'll I'll sit across from you. Well done, well done. We we always appreciate you you doing that. And of course, I'm celebrating thirty years in the chair today. Congrats! You, you're, you're, just a massive congratulations to you. Thank you. And you're, you're, you, did you, are you celebrating 30 years this year as well? Not until next year. Next thank, year. Thank God, if okay. I was celebrating it this year, I, I, be, I wouldn't be doing much celebrating. Yeah, it's been really tough, hasn't it's it? It's been tough, but, you know, I was, I was on to, uh, there was a, a research run from RTE last night to me. And I said, look, this, we can give out and give out and give out, but there's nothing we can do. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, and like, I suppose you know me now as long as you know me, Patricia, and I, I, I always have to find the good in something and the positive part of it or the half full glass, however you want to look at it. And you know, I, it's hard to find it, I'll be honest. And every day that passes, I look at it and say, it's another day closer to the end. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And we are getting closer in the news of a vaccine and we will come out the other side and hopefully we'll be better, kinder, stronger people. I hope so, you know, and, you know, it was all a bit of a novelty at the beginning when I, when the first lockdown came and, you know, it was, it was lovely to have a break and whatnot, but I, I'll tell you one thing what it has made me do is realise that I don't want to retire. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I'm sitting here and I can't believe I'm doing this 30 years. Does that go to, do you, is it hard for you to believe that you're nearly 30 I, years on the I, road as well? When somebody said it to me before, I kind of look back on when I started and I don't feel I've aged. I don't. I suppose it was it was a tough road, but I, I didn't think it was tough at the time. Um, I, can't, I can't believe it's thirty years, but I've loved every bit of it, even the hard times. Excuse the pun. Mm. Um, you know, um, I've loved every bit of it, and I suppose my mum my used to say, "If you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life." You know. Yeah, and of course, I remember interviewing you after you lost, you lost your mum and dad on the same day. I did. Um, that was dreadful. 2012, 30th of March, 2012. Is it 2012, yeah. Uh, so, you, so, and yet you were able to have the celebration of their life with their funeral. I feel so sorry for families oh, God. and what it's, they've gone through you know, this year. It's like even two years ago, Tina lost her brother, my brother-in-law, and he was only 50, very suddenly with a heart attack. And um, he was a detective sergeant and he almost had a semi-state funeral. It was one of the most amazing... If you can say that about somebody's funeral, it was one of the most amazing things I ever attended. And I just thought of it now, thinking if it was now, it would be just there's no um, there's no celebration of life. There's no there's no final goodbyes. There's no. It's very. I I, I would find that very very tough. Yeah, I heard Gay Burns' daughter because his first anniversary was a, was last week, and I, it was one of the things she said as well because they had that wonderful send off, rightly so, for Gay Byrne yeah. and she said the same thing. They're so grateful that they were able to have that. So I, I do have huge sympathies for families and what they're going through on top of the loss of a loved one. Your jeeps and we did we, you're singing in the jeep and we did talk to you when you started off yeah. uh, with it. It, it got to a hundred and then. Did you stop and you just do them every now and again now? Is that what's got, going on? I got to 100 because I was running out of songs and I was running <laughs> out of tracks and I was getting, I was, in the end I was downloading karaoke tracks. <laughs> so I got to 100 and it was great and it gave me purpose to get up in the morning and, and on the night before I would be saying to Tina, what am I going to do tomorrow? So we'd be looking for songs and and I got, I did 100 days one after the other and then I'd kind of do now maybe one or two a week but what I did, Patricia, was I got... Tina bought me a camera many years ago that I never used, a really great camera. And I started messing with it the other, there a few weeks ago. And it's a video camera as well. And, uh, and then I had my laptop, and then I got a few other bits, like a tripod and lights and whatnot. So I spent a couple of weeks learning how to do videos and edit and sync. And So I'm doing videos now in the garage with the old merchandise backdrops. Well done, well done. <laughs> So it's kind of, look, I'm using the time creatively and as constructively as possible. That's what I'm at. But the reaction to Tommy's tunes in the Jeep, in the Jeep was incredible, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I think it was because everybody was at home and everybody, had, everybody was online. And 
you know, I think one of the uh, one of the videos that was it "Don't Give Up Till It's Over." I think was yeah. that's got uh, nearly six hundred thousand views. Unreal! It's so it, it, was, it, it is really unreal. In a jeep, and it, it all started out of Tina making a phone call to me one day. She was driving the jeep, and she rang me, video called me, and uh, she was sitting in the jeep, and I said, "You look like you're doing carpool karaoke." <laughs> And that's where I got the idea. So that's how it all started. Oh, well done. You brightened up so many people's uh, days, I, I can tell you. What's the plan for Christmas? Um, I think it's going to be a quiet one. Um, the Tina's brother, I hope, is going to get home from England. Um, and if he does, we have... We're actually... You're going to laugh at this now because we're actually in the middle of constructing a pub, as in a bar, in the, our front room. We were always threatening to do it. And now, can we clarify? It's not a she bean. No, it's not a she bean. <laughs> my, 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 whoever comes in is getting it free. <laughs> so but we were always on. We we just said the front room since the kids grew up. It used to be always the toy room. So now we're constructing it. It's it, now it's a dump room actually. So we've just cleared it all out over the last few weeks, and we're in the middle of constructing our our little pub. So it's to, that'll be where we'll we'll be. Hopefully, people will be able to visit. And if not, we just, it's just time to spend with family. Yeah. And if not, you'll, you'll be on your own. And if they are able to visit, it'll be socially distant and all of that. All of that. Margaret absolutely. said. But it's kind of, do you know what it is? It's, yeah, people should make the time to kind of reflect, I guess, and spend it with family. And, you know, because at Christmas, it's, it's always mad. You're out shopping or you're out meeting people. And, and it's, do you know what? It's kind of, I just think it's going to be a time to, I know we're already off and everything else, but just maybe reflect and hopefully that 21 will be a better year for everybody. And, and I think it's going to, people are going to have Christmases that they may have remembered many years ago. It'll be in when, when we had simpler times and people, we didn't have as much. And I think people, you know, people are worried about it. I think people will get by and we will enjoy it and we will look back and think, what was all the worry and the stress and the strain about? Absolutely. Margaret like says, I remember Tommy in Cork, first time, T-shirt, jeans and a yellow leather jacket and a guitar in hand. <laughs> Did you ever wear a leather Yellow leather jacket. It wasn't yellow, it was tan. <laughs> well, our mag says it was yellow. No, so can there... you imagine me wearing a yellow jacket? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It was, a, it was a nice shade of tan. All right, Tommy, I have to leave it there. It's a pleasure as always and we look forward to 2021. You back on stage, getting to see you live and getting, more importantly, having you live here in studio with us. Please, God. And um, I look forward to be sitting across from you and I'll bring the guitar and the tan jacket and we'll have a few <laughs> The yellow one, the yellow one. Take care and look after you. Yourself. Bye bye. Too, bye Take bye. Care. The wonderful uh, Tommy Fleming. Cork today with Patricia Messenger celebrating 30 years on C103. Congratulations on 30 years on air, Patricia. What you have is so hard to teach. Such a natural interviewing technique and such a warmth to your broadcasting style. Longevity has its place. You're up there with the best of them, Trish. Trevor Welch. Hello, this is Paul Byrne from Virgin Media News. I just want to say. Patricia, 30 years, what a milestone. I can remember the day you started. You were 10 years of age. Absolutely amazing, Patricia. Three decades of radio. And if my sums add up correctly, that's 7,200 hours of top-notch broadcasting. An incredible achievement. Patricia Messenger, I suppose, has become part and parcel of people's everyday lives. It's who they often turn to when problems can't be solved. And the show is now a must-listen to for people in the region. 
and rightly so because the terrific team behind it has also helped to make the show what it is. Patricia Messenger, in my mind, is a gifted broadcaster, a people's person and a true lady. I just want to wish you, Patricia, continued success on being a superstar, but above all, continued good health and happiness to you and your family. And here's to another 30 years. Well done. Was that all right, lads? Because some of the things she wrote down here for me to say, I just can't understand her writing. I can't understand her writing. Oh, we're still on. This is still being recorded. Oh. See you, Patricia. This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Patricia Messenger on Cork Today. Celebrating 30 years on air with C103. Now, I have been really lucky enough to have worked with many amazing and talented people over the last 30 years. And I remember when my next guest arrived, I believe to do some college work placement, I knew she was destined for great things. Elaine Crowley of Virgin Media joins me. Good afternoon to you, Elaine. Hiya Trish, happy birthday. Uh, thank you very much. I'm right in saying you, you came first on work placement from college, wasn't it? No, well actually what it was, my sister Cathy was your producer at the yeah. time and I think you needed, you were stuck for someone to help researching because I think she was on holidays for a couple of days and I was doing communications in college which is radio and TV and I kind of helped out. So my very first job in media was working uh, as a researcher and then when I left college I Remember, I finished college on a Friday and the following Monday, I started work with um, Brendan, lovely Brendan O'Driscoll, in the sound studio. And I did a bit of the breakfast show. And I, I think I, I was filling up JNLR for him. That was my first official gig. And then they kept me on after that. So that was your first, so this was your first media job was here at the radio station. Yeah, literally, I finished college one week and I started with you the following week. Okay, you didn't, you did, you, you were only here for a very short period of time. And then, of course, you've ended up forging this hugely successful uh, TV career. I remember your first, you were part of the news team and I remember you doing a piece to camera. It was oh, a report. Was that, yes, yes, I think it was about skiing or something strange. I was kind of thrust into the deep end when it came to the television side of things because um, I was uh, well, I was obviously working down at C103 and I did news in 96 and then I went up to um, report. I was a reporter and, a, and an assistant producer on the news for quite a long time. Then I went on to be a news anchor. Then I started covering midday and then I got the show I have now. So it's all it's all very strange. I never, it was never my intended career path. I just fell into it. But the, the, I, I'll say it now and I've never, ever denied this. The best training you can get for a life in media is local radio. I cannot emphasise even now how important it is and it's the best training ground you could ever, ever have. Forget your four years in college. I learned more with you guys in C102 than I ever did in, in a college course. And in fairness, I remember you saying that at the time when you were here about four weeks and I remember you actually one day saying I've learnt more in the last four weeks than I've learnt in, in the four years in college. Yeah. And that's the one thing I feel for new people coming into the industry and coming out of college. It's hard to get that experience, isn't it? That hands-on experience. It really is. And I was very lucky. I mean, basically nepotism is what got me through the door when it came to Cathy. But um, it is hard to get the hands-on experience. But I think, unfortunately, um, with the kind of insta fame and the generation we have now, there's a bit of a misunderstanding in what a career in media is. It all looks very glossy and lovely when you see people on TV or you listen to them on the radio having the crack and, 
you, I, I suppose, even on if you're a social media person, you see the finished products. 99.9% of, of all our work, as you know, is behind the scenes. And that goes for me as well. Um, and I think a lot of people aren't perhaps prepared for the donkey work you have to do. It's a hard graft. If you want to make a career in media, you have to start somewhere and you have to be willing to put in the work. If you just want to swan in and decide to be famous, you're not going to last daylight. But uh, but the TV side of it, because it's something I've never been interested in, and I know people have often said over the years, would you not go on TV? And I say, no, no. And in fairness to you, Elaine, you've invited me on enough times and we've nearly fallen yeah, out over it. You won't second do <laughs> TV it. just, it, it just doesn't... <laughs> I love this. I love... I'm talking to myself half the time is what I feel like when, when I'm on radio. But it's a tough industry from the image side of it, Elaine, having to always look. Now, you are... And always have been stunningly beautiful. You're oh, fantastic Jesus, at doing doing makeup. You've always been brilliant at doing your. Do you still do your own makeup? Yeah, I do my own makeup, and I was doing my own makeup and hair for the first lockdown as well. So it took me more time than actually researching my show. But yeah, the image side of it is a bit trying. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, in the past couple of weeks, my set has been changed. So for the first time in oh ten years, I have to get dressed for the waist down again, and that's a shock. Let me tell you, when your legs are on show, I don't know what where to put myself. But it, it, can, it can be quite challenging. Challenging, that's a nice way of putting it. It's a pain in the backside sometimes. I, like, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you today now because I'm not on air today because the races are on. I'm in my fluffy jammies. My, my socks have um, little pandas on them. And I'm just, I have my hair scraped back, no makeup. And that is my default position. As it was when I worked in radio. She yeah. was in the rain in the morning to do the breakfast. And I'd, sometimes I'd be nearly still in my pyjamas. My, I, I, it's nice to have the glamorous side of things, but it's, a bit, it's like work for me now. You kind of don't get the, the thrill about getting dolled up anymore. And clothes, are you always on the lookout for outfits you can wear? What's going to work on screen? What's not going to work on screen? What colours work? What colours don't work? Oh, well, well to be at, at this stage now, uh, to, to be honest, I'm, um, I've got a set few pieces I throw on. I, 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 I know eye clothing are great to help me. They lend me dresses to wear because that's covers the full lot of me but it, it, it is and sometimes I'd wear stuff on air that I wouldn't be caught dead and in real life because it's an awful lot of outfits for an awful lot of weeks of the year because we don't get the break off in summer as well so I mean I go home as well and I'd be nicking the clothes off the girls quite yeah. a lot uh, as you know my sisters now and then comes from a big family of wonderful sisters yeah <laughs> yeah so but it, it is it is it is weird and some things don't work and you buy something and you have to clip a microphone onto it and it's, it's not, listen it's first world problems I know but God, it'd be nice just to, I envy you in radio. I'd love to be able to just sit down and chat. <laughs> just nobody looking at you. And and the other thing, obviously, over the 30 years, we've been talking about, you know, how things have changed. And the one thing I discovered when I was doing research about 1990, it was the internet was just in its in- infancy. And of course, we know yeah. how that's exploded. And we know how important that is from a research point of view for us. And it's fantastic. But then social media took off. And social media can have a great side to it, but it can have a very nasty side to it as well. How do you handle that? Do you just ignore the nasty comments? Do you take them to heart? Um, listen, I'm only human. Sometimes it, it does it does get to me and it gets to me quite a lot. But I, for Lent this year, I gave up social media mostly, which is good because the, the, the coronavirus is starting. The, the amount of misinformation out there was shocking on social media about that. So I was only getting my information from very reliable sources because I'm very, very, I feel very strongly about that. <clears throat> you need to listen to your local radio news. You need to listen to the national regulated news programs, get your news from them. I feel very strongly about that. But when it comes to um, 
general social media, it's strange because when I started off, let's say, presenting, first of all, in Ireland, when I fill in there, the only exposure you get to criticism was at the odd text message that might come in saying, oh, God, look, the state of age looks very fat in that outfit or something like that. But now it's everywhere. You cannot escape it. By and large, though, people are lovely. People are sound and nice and no one goes out of their way to um, hurt you or upset you. And you get a few people that they think that just because, because I have a very small team on my show. There's myself and um, uh, the two APs, Kelly and uh, Sinead. There's only the three of us. We don't have a big, massive team behind the scenes. It'd be like yourself and John Paul plus one. That's what we have. So I see everything that pretty much goes into the show. And I'm like, hmm. And sometimes I reply going, oh, I'm sorry if you felt that way or if you thought this was so. And people get an awful shock to see that I actually see them. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people think if you're on telly that you're so far removed from what you do with your job, but you're kind of not. And I think if people knew what the effects on the other side of it that we all, all have feelings that we are all human and you have to be kind to people and not go out of your way to be nasty I think people would be a lot less a lot more mindful of what they post up on their Facebook groups or their, their sending out their tweets I mean there's, there's someone at the end of all of these at the end of the day and, and every person has feelings and we that know said. that it's had devastating effects for some yeah, people it's it, it, it absolutely devastating I've become I've had to become quite resilient over the years, I mean, there's some tablet scam going on at the moment about slimming tablets, and it's it's not the first time that I've been targeted by this. But like the, the story that they're saying in it is, is horrendous. It's like, first of all, mother of two, married mother of two. I'm not married. I don't have children. I can't have children, and stuff like that is hurtful. And then saying that Elaine was so fat, she wanted to kill herself, and things like that. These are all made up to sell tablets on the internet. Stories about me, and if that happened to me, well, uh, you know, I've spoken about it to you as well privately. Yeah. I, I I suffer from chronic depression. I'm good now, thank God, but it does it does come at me from time to time. But reading comments like that, if you're in a bad place. There is cause and effect, and I don't care if you're the, the Pope, I don't care if you're someone doing your, your, your weekly shopping, dropping the kids to school. These things hurt. Words matter. And I, I, you get, I, everybody just needs to cop on a small bit and be a bit more kind. Well said, well said. I can never understand how somebody could sit and actually ta- type a nasty comment and think that it's okay to do it. I just, I can't fathom what goes through a person's brain uh, when they do it. Do you still love doing what you're doing as much as you did when you started out? Yeah, well, do you know what? For the first, I I did love doing it too much when I started. I had shocking nerves. I mean, you were always, I always admired you so much. You were knowledgeable, and you're such an all-round fantastic broadcaster. I I, imposter syndrome to the max. That's what I had for so long because you always think I felt that I needed to know everything before I could talk. But I think the realization is, the older I get, the the less you know. And if you don't know something, admit it and don't pretend, don't fake it. Because if you fake it, you'll get caught out. Um, I do love, like, I, I meet some amazing people. Now, I have, in lockdown, it's been a bit, a bit difficult now because normally I have the panel around me in the studio and I was literally talking to the wall for six months, me and a studio talking to TV screens, which is very odd. Um, but I have gotten to meet some second amazing women and men over the years. And I do love that, having the crack with people. And I get to talk to people I never would have otherwise. I mean, I get to do a job I love. Mm. Very few people can say that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in that club with you, and yeah. I'm, I'm always, <laughs> I'm forever grateful uh, for it. Is Cork a new two pot house always home and will always be? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I like, I, I, when I go home now, people, I've been, I've lived in Dublin longer than I've ever lived at home, but home is home and always will be and always shall be. I go if I could go be on television in Cork and move there, I would in the morning. 
I'd be delighted to, but unfortunately, there's no opportunities down there. So I am stuck up in Dublin. Dublin, for me, has never been home. It's a place I associate Dublin with work, but Cork is home and forever will be home with friends. I mean, friends I've met um, met through the years. You know yourself yourself and friends, and I know for years. John Cahill, he's work in, uh, he was over in America now. He's the chief engineer of 96 and 103. Great and friend. Be a dear friend of yeah. mine and a friend of the state. And people you meet, but in those years, your kind of formative years, there, there are people that will, like I might not see you from one five years to the next, but I know if I met you, we'd sit down and have a drink and have great fun. And, and it was as if, it's as if we were only together yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it should be. And that's will you, will you, depending on what restrictions are at the moment, you obviously can't get home with the five kilometre rule. Will you get home for Christmas? Is that part of the plan? Um, well, my man's my not too good at the moment, so I actually did go home. I had took my COVID test and took a week off to mind her, so because you're allowed to care for the elderly, so I did that a couple of weeks ago. Well so done. I will be, I'll be doing my COVID test and, and minding them. You know, we're taking turns doing that. So I, I this time because you know it, it's the right to do as you guys you know she's she's at COPD and lung cancer, but yeah. so spend as much time with as we as we can because you know with childcare and elderly people they do need care. So I've no problem doing that. The first lockdown. And apart from minding my mother, I, I'm not putting a toenail out of place, nor have I. I mean, I was walking to and from work. I wouldn't even get a, a taxi to work or, or, or a bus for risk of contracting anything. I take the, the lockdown regulations very, very, very seriously. And I think we wouldn't have been in this situation if everyone else had perhaps pulled up their socks a little bit more. And done the same thing. That's the, we, can't, we can't play, play the blame game, but I think we've learned an awful lot the second time round and the things we should not have been doing and the risks, the silly risks we should not have been taking because we're, we're all in this together and all we want to do is have as many people as we can in our lives coming out the other side of this after the vaccine. Yeah, that's what we all hope and pray for. Listen, yeah. Elaine, a pleasure as always uh, to chat with you. Look after yourself, uh, stay safe and keep doing what you're doing because you're brilliant at it. Listen, I'm not a patch on you. I've said it before and I've said it again. You are the best broadcaster I've ever worked with, Patricia Messenger. And I say to everybody who listens to me, have a lovely celebration of you down there. And I'm so proud to have been part of the team. Thanks a million. Thanks a million. That is uh, the wonderful Elaine Crowley from uh, Virgin Media. Now, more greeting, more celebrating a milestone this year. This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Hey, Jackie. Yeah. Uh, Patricia. Uh, you know Patricia over in Ireland at C103. Yes, I know Patricia. Patricia. Well, I've heard of the amazing well, Patricia. I think a lot of people have heard of Patricia. She's been doing radio for 30 years. Yes. We've been together doing radio for 20 years here in Australia. Oh, Patricia, aren't you exhausted? No, don't. <laughs> this is, Jackie's always been going on about this for years. Patricia... You are a trooper. Uh, we love you. Love us. We love you. We love your whole show. Oh yeah! Thanks for listening to the Kyle and Jackie O show, Patricia. We did hear that you tune in sometimes, so we just wanted to send the love back to you. Yeah, the Australian way, the love down under, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. You know what I'm saying, Patricia? I think she knows. What I'm she saying. knows. She's she's yeah. she's been in this. It's game called for the Australian years. Pash. It's a down under Pash. Anyway, congrats, Patricia. We love you. Bye. Well done. Here's to another 30. Oh, God, she'll be 100 by the time she finishes. It'll be, hello, it's <laughs> Patricia here. Oh, you're Oh, God, get pet to be sure to be sure. <laughs> love you, babe. Enjoy. Oh, I'm just absolutely blown away by that message. Now, most people, except everybody here in the building, knows who Kyle and Jackie O are. They are what I call my guilty pleasure. They do the breakfast show in Kiss in uh, Sydney, and I listen to them on podcast, and I just 
just think they are amazing at what they do and as they say they've been doing it for 20 years and anyone that's ever heard Kyle and Jackie O uh, will know exactly who I'm talking about I am blown away by that message because when we had Alf Stewart on in the last hour and John Paul handed me the piece because I don't know who who's coming up on these messages and John Paul handed me the piece of paper saying somebody who's celebrating 30 years down under I in my head said God wouldn't it be great if they got Kyle and Jackie O but they could, that would be impossible to get so well done guys well done uh, really blown away by that 1853 Cork Today with Patricia Messenger celebrating 30 years on C103 Patricia, it's Tuberty here in Dublin uh, from one radio head to another. I just wanted to say congratulations to you on your years broadcasting. That is a lot of decades. But everyone I speak to says the nicest things about you. Uh, You're very popular. You're very highly regarded. And therefore, you deserve a party. And then there's a pandemic. So what we'll have to do is wait for the big party. And hopefully in the next little while, you're going to have a smart sort of slow, small little gathering that'll get bigger and bigger once the vaccine kicks in. So, happy anniversary, Patricia. Keep broadcasting, keep being brilliant, and I look forward to seeing you soon. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Now, one of our first weekly features on the programme 30 years ago was Guard the Font, which I'm proud to say is still going strong every Thursday morning here on C103. We've had so many presenters of the slot over the years, but it all began with a small group, including Garda James O'Mahony, who joins me from Bandon Garda Station. Good afternoon to you, James. Good afternoon, Patricia. It's hard to believe that it is. 30 years and I can remember yourself and Sergeant Pat O'Leary and the late Willie O'Driscoll. God rest his soul. I was just listening to you this morning, Patricia, talking about uh, past yourself and John Green talking about past members and to be totally remiss of me today and indeed I was talking to Brendan Fogg, the superintendent band there during the week. Make sure and mention Willie and of course Brendan would have been a great friend of Willie uh, Willie O'Driscoll and the family as well in Bandon. Willie presented a programme, Patricia, for 18 years and we were the first three that were given the task of presenting this programme. And my God, I heard you talking this morning about nervousness and all that. And <laughs> I can assure you, Pat O'Leary was the main man. Pat is still gay and hearty, ha- ha- thank God, living down there in Clannacilty. He was a crime prevention officer at the time. But Willie, God rest his soul, presented the programme for 18 years here in County Sound. He was a thorough gentleman. He passed away in 2008. Uh, and Such so a loss. Family. What Such a loss. A loss. And what a loss to society. Abandoned the way he productive himself in the community and all that. You were talking about community policing. Uh, Willie impetified everything that was in community and everything good about community policing and community guarding. Ever before it was mentioned at all, Willie was doing it. So today I'm thinking of Willie and his family uh, because he was a, a thorough gentleman. And he had such a sense of humour as well. And yeah. I remember when we moved to the new studios down around the corner from where the studios are, down around the corner from the Garda station. And we were there on the first day. Right. And obviously there was so much had to be done and getting everything ready to, to go live. And the bowled Willie yeah. arrives in with, with Pat O'Leary actually saying we have a problem, as we have a problem. And started spinning this story <laughs> that for some reason the, the C103 was into 
interfering with the guard the radio station with your radios yeah. and we'd have to we have to come off air and like everyone he was so serious about it then of course he started laughing he was, yeah, a, lo- yeah, yeah. He was, he was a lovely man and uh, Pat O'Leary you know, an, uh, an absolute gentleman, gentleman as well gentleman and he done so much as a crime prevention officer West Cork over the years he was very linked in with you there Patricia he was the main man really driving to, to get us on the radio programme at the very, very first time like you know but I'll never forget when I got the phone call from the chief superintendent at the time Martin McQueen got rest his soul he passed away last year I nearly you're talking about nervous I nearly I was based here in Kinsale at the time I nearly fell off the chair and I said how in the hell am I going to go on radio when I've no training and he says you'll be fine by the way he says I'm going to be listening in with the radio <laughs> <laughs> no pressure <laughs> and of course th- we've been one thing we've been very f- much featuring in all of the interviews that I've done this morning is mm-hmm. is how things have changed and Absolutely. how technology has uh, oh, changed God, no yes. more for when you guys had to put the crime file together oh lord I remember going in the day of crime which was Thursday you'd have to ring uh, uh, Bantry McCroom Cantork uh, all the relevant gathering station what's new from the night before in case you'd leave a crime out or something would have happened and that time there was no computers. If you know, no computers, there was no mobile phones. So it was a totally different concept altogether, Patricia, than nowadays. People, I believe, to my own children home, they wouldn't realise that we lived back in the dark ages, I think, at that time. But yeah. that was the reality of it, to get something, put a programme together. And I'm sure you were the same there. Everything was totally different. And technology played a major part in, in, in that in, in later years. Well, even Michael Scandon talking about when they would be broadcasting a match and uh, if he was given a half-time score, he'd have to go find a pay... Because there's no mobile phones. <laughs> he'd have to find the pay, the, the pay phone and put in the 20 pence <laughs> and ring through to the radio station. I mean, it's crazy to think. Yeah. And we did it and didn't, we didn't know any better. So we, we knew we, no better and we got on with it and it was... It was um, can I, first of all, congratulate you on behalf of the guards today uh, for the 30 years in County Sound, yourself and yourself, Patricia there, John Green, uh, John Paul and the staff. You, you, that, that, that programme is a vital component to every because I know from people around the, the area, around the West Cork area, that listening to that programme every morning, they want to know what's going on in their community and the importance of local radio, I can't emphasise it enough. Okay, thank you for that. And when you look back at Scar the Filed, uh, crimes, have they changed in the 30 years? Well, Patricia, the old reliable is still there, theft from cars. And theft from cars, I was on the last time I was in the radio file, which were there, I think we had 18 or 19 cars, and most of them were left open, actually. So that's still there. I think uh, the big change I've seen, though, housebreakings have, have come down as well, thank God, and that's due to alarms and CCTV, etc. But the big change I see is in the area of fraud and people getting caught over with modern technology, with computers, with mobile phones and all that, give you bank account out. I think that's the big one that needs to be hammered home here, uh, that people don't get caught with these gangsters. Yeah, and I think during the pandemic, um, James, oh, yeah. people have more time in their hands. And it goes back to people are trusting. We, we, trusting it's, yeah. it's dreadful and, to think we know, can't be trusting. Exactly. And most people are trusting. And if they get a thing from, this is the Bank of Ireland, I want your details. Well, if, if, you, if the Bank of Ireland has your details, there's something seriously wrong. And uh, it's a matter of double-checking these things, Patricia. But that's the big change I see in, as regards to fraud. But the, certainly the theft from the cars is the big one. It's nearly every week. Yeah. And back in the 90s, um, you claimed there was never enough time given to victims, and that's changed. Well, I did, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I'm glad to say, and I, I just want to talk this morning, I, we used to give out crimes there. And at that stage, there were very you know, you must understand at that time, the population, I think, was 3 million. It's now 5 point, whatever it is, million, I think. A big change. At that time, it was get the culprit, get the whole lot. But I'm happy to say now that we in Angada Shikana have in each division, and I see I'm sharing an office here in Bandon, for instance, with uh, Geraldine and Alex in the victim's office, and I see the amount of work they do, positive work, 
dealing with victims of crime, which we, we never done before, uh, Patricia. And I thought it was a big, if, if, I, if I put my hand up, I always thought, and I come to into my service now, but I always thought it was a big fall down that we, we could have done better with victims in the past. I okay, no that, that, that protective unit is, is really vital, isn't it? Well, the it? protective services unit with domestic and, and sexual uh, abuse, absolutely, and the way they integrate there with Tulsa now and West Cork Women's uh, Against Violence uh, and, and the Rape Crisis, etc. And you saw the wonderful case there, if I don't mind me saying, when I say a wonderful case, because it's been through the court, coercive control, control yeah, the yeah. first in the state. Yeah. These are all positive moves, but there's the, the victim's office there and the protection services unit and, and Alex and, and, and Geraldine there do wonderful work and the protective services unit. These are great. I, I, I was glad to see them come on board because it is really positive. Long, long may they continue. Exactly. And you've been very much uh, involved with the Guy the Youth Awards. Well, 25 years this year, uh, Patricia, with thankfully, we started them in 1995 and they're now gone national. We have our second se- se- national event there only to Zoom there. Uh, with the Garda Commission of Minister of Justice, etc., there last week, and it's a successful, very successful story because I think we in the Garda have to be identified with young people. And we always talk about the badness out there, Patricia, but by God, I tell you, once you go through some of those awards and some, read some of those citations, and the amount of work that young people are doing is often forgotten. And I'm glad to say that we uh, got that, uh, that on, uh, on board and promoted, not alone through West Cork for the last 25 years, but now indeed to the whole uh, island of Ireland. And it's great to, to acknowledge all the young, young people because too often young people are put down that they're, 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 they're doing this wrong, they're not doing that right. Yeah. But when they do things right, we, we need to, to commend them. And then the Traffic Corps technology well, is the, happening the, the, there. The, the Traffic Corps, I, uh, Chief Superintendent Con Cadigan, I was just talking, and again I see a big change. I was talking to Con Cadigan, who's the Chief Superintendent, a Skibbereen man, so his, his great vested interest in West Cork, uh, Con has... But he was just telling me this year about, first of all, five-year plan. Jesus, we had him there before at all. Now that that plan, policing plans and all that. But he was telling me he got a complaint there during the week from the a person rang in that people in the COVID checkpoints were using their mo- mobile phones. Mm-hmm. What they don't realise is that the mobile phones now, there's this, this tetra where you come up that, that straight away, they know it's Patricia Messenger, where you live, you know, your address is on the mobile phone because this is the new technology. And they know whether your car is taxed, insurance and NCT and all that. And that's why I was even stopped this morning by Rooley on the way in myself by a classic <laughs> member from Panda. And he had all the, the, the data there in, in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in the phone. Right well now. done. And, and well that's, done. That's, the, that's the way things have moved on. Okay, that's and as I say, you were, you were one of the, you, Willie and Pat, is where it all started on, on Guard the File. Are you due for retirement soon then, if you've 30 well, no, years under your belt? I was to retire. I was 60 in July. No hesitation saying it, but they, 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 they sent out with the COVID in. They said, right, could, could certain members stay on? And I'm in a, a specialised unit with young people, as you, juveniles, as you know, like, and yeah. of course, they were free to be shot. So I said, right, I'll stay on for another 12 months until next July. Okay. And are you looking forward to the retirement? I am, Patricia, yeah. because I've taught you, I've taught you nine years service now in, 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 in April. And I think it's time. I, I, I hate using the word retirement. I wouldn't rest retired. Yeah. But I will be going on to something else, please God. And I'll be working there, hopefully, with Kinsale Youth Support Service Voluntary Group here in Kinsale, etc. Well I don't think you should ever retire, Patricia. I think no. we need to keep going. No, no. Yeah. And, and, we, too. and uh, we certainly uh, would, will miss you off the radio when, when that day does come. But in the meantime, thank you for that, James. You're and welcome. thanks for joining us. God bless you. Uh, bye bye. Good afternoon thank to you. you. That is Gardaí, James O'Mahony, one of the first of the Gardaí who started th- 30 years ago on our week. Guard the file 1850 Cork today with Patricia Messenger celebrating 30 years on C103. Hi, Patricia. PJ here from 96FM. Congratulations on 30 years on the air. I remember many years doing reports into the show when I was working in the newsroom. And I'd do politics and I did crime and I did the courts and 
Occasionally, I even venture down the road of doing a bit of sport. That never ended well. But I always enjoyed being part of the show, except I had to have my homework done because if I didn't, oh, you were like a cat upon a mouse. Never go on Trisha's show without your homework done. And you know something? It's something that I've taken to heart as I do the opinion line on 96. Never let anybody on the show without having your homework done about them. You've always been a great colleague. You're a fine broadcaster. And you've achieved something very special in being there in the one slot for 30 solid years. It's something the rest of us can only look up and aspire to. Congratulations. Well done. And here's to the future. Cheers, Trish. Hi, Patricia. Just checking in to congratulate you on 30 years of Great Talk Radio, which is some achievement. Now is the time that your friends and your colleagues say well done and thank you. So many callers, so many stories, thousands of hours of broadcasting. And I'm sure you'll agree with me when I say that we are blessed to work in a job that's not really a job, but a passion. Well, we go to the studio every day and no two days are the same. And you know where we hope to make a difference in people's lives day in and day out. And you continue to make that difference. You're a consummate professional and I'm proud to know you. So well done, Patricia. Hi to Brendan. I don't see much of you guys anymore, but 96 and 103 FM were my home for over 30 years. You know, from tiny beginnings, along with you and others gone before, uh, 96 and 103 FM were built into incredible, successful radio stations. And I just hope that those who work there now and continue that journey realise that they are standing on the shoulders of giants who went before them. People like you. C103. Wow, really appreciate that, uh, Neil and uh, PJ. They're my two kind of competitors when I'm on air at this hour, hour of the day, but I appreciate uh, their really, really kind thoughts. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Hello, Patricia. Congratulations. 30 years. How absolutely marvellous. Bibi Baskin here. And also, indeed, congratulations to C103 on another 30 years. But, Patricia, they will now start calling you a legend, and that will make you feel so old, I'm telling you, as an older media gal myself. But you've earned it all. Very well done to you, and many more years to come. The wonderful B.B. Baskin. Thank you uh, for that. And our final guests today are two gentlemen who have made us laugh both collectively and individually. For many years they were unbelievables but both have gone on to forge their own solo careers and I'm delighted to welcome John Kenny and Pat Short. Good morning boys. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> Happy birthday, Patricia. That's the right thing to say. It's not easy, but anyway. Well, yeah, anniversary birthday, it, 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 it matters not. I don't know if, if either or both of you remember when we moved into these to the, to the studio I'm in at the moment, which had been back sometime in the 90s, you chased an imaginary rat, John, around the studio one morning and convinced the listeners that we were infested with rats. I was probably I was probably going to the rest myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I probably had a feel liquor the night before. I was probably seeing. <laughs> I was really, I can't even imagine. 
but in, well, in your in your head, you were seeing it for sure. And Pat, I remember another day you got stuck in a traffic jam in Charleville of all places. But that's, well, that wouldn't be too hard now. Yeah, it wouldn't. No, Pat, hold on a second, The only place to get stuck in on the way to Melbourne is Butterfin. Is which? Is Butterfin. Yeah, John's, oh, phone, John's phone line isn't great. I know where he is, John. You're not on the greatest phone line. No. Um, the, the unbelievables, though, um, Pat, were they very crazy times? Oh, it was great fun. It was great crack. We had great crack travelling around the country um, and touring. We were we were always very busy. I always just remember we were always kind of going from one venue to another and, and one place to another. And of course, a lot of people don't realise then you're doing a lot of the, the, the radio interviews with likes yourself, Patricia, you know, which was, and County Sound was always very good to us down through the years and it was great. And, and well, John would agree, we, we always made it, you know, it was always important for us to get onto local radio. Um, so well I've had you in a few times John on your more serious roles and we have helped to put like, bums yeah. on seats I, uh, I accept have, that we have, we have we've been great like you know but as Pat was saying like it's it's a, it's a huge part when you go around the country and you're traveling, you see the work of local radio stations and how invaluable they are to communities and everything else. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's great. It's serviced, you know, and we're very lucky because we can avail of it too, you know. Yeah, and the, so, the, but, but looking back over the years, the, the interactions that you used to do with audiences, they were probably some of your best bits. I don't know. No, I, I would, wouldn't comment on that. Would you? <laughs> I couldn't. It was interesting because we, I suppose they did something that hadn't been done, you know, yeah. sort of breaking the fourth wall and getting out there and making the audience kind of part of what the gig, the gig was about rather than being a participant, now, rather than being a, a non-looker that were partaking to some extent, you yeah. know, they weren't sure, you know. So and, that was exciting, you know. And Pat, can, can, can both of you remember the first time you met each other? Well, oh God, it would have been... Christ. Well, I want to see. I, I want to see if you both have the same memory. Well, Pat, when uh, was the first time you met John? I, I think it would have been down in Turles. Turles, uh, John, would you agree? Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, it would was. You? It was down. With, I went down with, with Pat's brother Tom. But Tom, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pat was doing the gig. That's right. It was a band in the pub up the street and I remember that yeah. Dwyer's and Scratch Machine was the band yeah and, and, and uh, uh, John was very good to give us a loan of his PA that night so we were looking at did you get it back is the question <laughs> oh yes I got it back you that was the, last, the first and last gig they ever played I think so I tell you talk about, the rock and roll business is hectic <laughs> the rock and roll business is crazy <laughs> I have to tell you there's a band come and go they were fine they were dropped what yeah. gone that's it Great hope for us, but it didn't last too long. But you can always go. <laughs> you can always go back to the music. Oh, sure, for sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a friend. Well, Pat knows her as well. There's a Bridie Sullivan. She's a great age now. Bridie lives up oh, in yes. Yeah. And Bridie used to say to me years ago, "Don't worry about it, John." She says, "You'll never go hungry once you can sing a song." She says, <laughs> yeah. <"I'm playing> <laughs> and she was right, really, because it's. I've been doing it since. Well, <laughs> listen, continue good luck to both of you. We've loved having you on the programme over the years and we yeah. look forward to having you on the programme again in the future. 
And listen, and you too, Patricia. Absolutely. Many more years of old broadcasting there and having the crack. Thanks yeah. a million. And thanks thanks a million. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, the wonderful bye-bye. Pat Short and uh, John Kenny, as we remember them as the Unbelievables. This is Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Now I'm told I've got one more of these greetings that I never know who it is is coming on. And I'm told this is probably the most important of them all. I don't know who this is. Here's the final greeting. Cork Today with Patricia Messenger, celebrating 30 years on C103. Hello, Mother. Just want to say a big congratulations. Oh. 30 years on air. Seems like only yesterday when we packed our bags and moved to our West Cork begin our C103 journey. It was there that we formed many friends who became so much like family. I still remember the next step of the journey when we moved to Mallow and how you tried to make me believe that the spa house was going to be our new home. I think that you've lasted all these years on air because just like the amazing mother you are to me, you're always there to talk and to listen. And just like that, you're there for your listeners. Your dedication and passion for your work got you to where you are today. And spending time doing what you love, it's no secret that time flies so fast. With your fantastic work ethic, your positive frame of mind and just sheer brilliance of just being you is an inspiration to everyone who listens to you every day. I look forward as you continue to inspire us for many years to come. And always remember, Mum, how much you are needed, respected, valued and above all loved. Thank you for being you. Makes me so proud to be able to call you my mother and even more proud that I can get the boys to call you Nana. Congratulations on 30 years, Mum. Hi, Nana. This is Alfie here. Congratulations on your 30 years on the radio. We hope you have the best day in the whole entire world. We love you to the moon and back. Hi, Nana. It's Harry here. I just want to congratulate you on 30 years on the radio. I really miss you. I can't wait until lockdown's over so I can give you a great big hug. Love you. C103. You're killing me, guys. You're absolutely killing me. Thank you. That was my son, Dave, and his two little boys. Oh, okay. And that's where we wrap it up. But before I go, I do want to say a few thank yous to everybody who took part in today's programme, either as a live guest or those fantastic pre-recorded messages. Thank you. To everybody who sent cards, to sent emails, texts and calls to wish me well. Thank you. To John Paul McNamara, my producer extraordinaire. Thank you. You have put so much work into today's programme, as you do every programme, but today you've just gone above and beyond. Thank you. To Bernie and to Sadie, who back up John Paul, thank you. And to all my wonderful work colleagues, both past and present, you have been a part of my radio family. And for that, I say thank you. But my main appreciation today goes to you, my listeners. The last 30 years has been not just a pleasure, but it's been a real privilege. We've been on an amazing journey together. We've shared births, deaths and marriages over the 30 years. We've laughed together. And when at times the world seemed a little bit too cruel, we even cried together. So to all you, my listeners, thank you. Be kind to yourselves and to others. Stay safe. And let's do it all over again on Monday morning at 10am. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.